A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, one and all. Hope you're well, hope you're good. Um, we've got recording this from my from my flat uh, as we speak today. And uh, it's early, we did an early one. So uh, yeah, it's been good. It's funny how... You, yeah, you do, you, do need, you do need a moment in the morning to sort of get yourself in gear before you launch yourself into your day. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm hardly working down a mine, but you still need to get your brain in gear, don't you, to, to, to get talking to people. It's a funny one, isn't it? When you haven't spoken to anyone for a while in the day, and then you go off into the world, and the first thing that comes out of your head is just <laughs> garbage, or gobbledygook. You go, well, I needed to, I needed to practice speaking before I did that. Anyway, I've rattled on already. We need to do the, we need to do the admin. We need to do the admin. So, um, well, firstly, thanks to our uh, our lovely, lovely patrons. You really are a wonderful bunch. You really are helping us uh, keep this podcast going. Uh, like we say, every 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 penny we get goes back into the podcast. So, thank you very much to everyone. Uh, thank you to our new patron that's joined us, Jack Lockwood. Hello, mate. So, thank you for that, Jack. Uh, thank you to all of the patrons. We, we we really do appreciate it. If you would like to become a patron, if you'd like to join them and get over 50 archive interviews, uh, early access to our filmed interviews, because we are filming these now, and you get that you get that way before everybody else, um, go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast or click the link tree link in the podcast description uh, and in all of my social media bio. So if you go to Instagram, I am Rich Wilson. Uh, Twitter, I am Rich Wilson. Uh, Facebook is Rich Wilson. Um, all of those things, you'll see it says link tree. You click on that, that will take you to everything that we do. So it'll take you to uh, my website. It'll take you to other socials. It'll take you and show you that you can even book producer Paul to do things. Um, if you're that way inclined, he's, a very, he's very good at what he does, as you know. So there's all manner of stuff there. Just click the link tree. And that will take you also to our Patreon page uh, or patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast. And then just bung us a couple of quid. It's only like, if, if we had a quid from everyone, that would be amazing. Just, it just, it just helps us keep going because we've got some great things coming your way, great guests coming up. We want to keep doing that because we love doing this as much as you love listening to it. So, thanks for that. That would be wonderful. Um, so, let's get into it, shall we? Shall we? Yeah, why not? Uh, my guest this week is Rob Orton. Now, our, you know, people that have listened to this for a while or from the beginning will uh, remember Rob came on 
uh, would have been 2019, I believe. And we had a great chat. We went to the Avalon offices, Avalon being uh, Rob's uh, agent. Um, they, they very kindly let us record some interviews in their offices before everyone was heading up to the, to the Edinburgh Festival that year. And um, it was a great chat with Rob. He's got a really, he really does have a wonderful sort of world view. I, I, I really, he's one of my favourite people. I love watching him perform. I love his writing. I love his worldview. I just, I just think he's great. And he's going back on tour, so we were like, "Yeah, let's get him back on." We'd love to, love to have a chat with him. Um, and we had a chat in this episode. He's just come up. He's just come out of Edinburgh. Like we're all, we're all sort of coming off the back of the Edinburgh Festival, and we talk about it in the in, in the in the episode actually. Al, I mean, we're very privileged to do what we do. We're still mentally and physically. It's still, it's still quite a thing to do for a month. We just focused on that one thing, trying to bring the best show to the people that have bought tickets. You know, so. Um, uh, with that in mind, I'll tell you now, Rob is on tour right now. Uh, tickets are available at www.robalton.co.uk um, and check out Rob's podcast, the Rob Orton Daily Podcast, um, which has reached over it's millions, over well over a million and a half sort of downloads. He's really smashed it. It's a great little podcast. Um, he's writing, he's drawing, his spoken word album uh, with Scroobius Pip as well. He's a very talented man, and I, I, yeah. And every time, every time I mention his name, people go, oh, "I love Rob." Everyone loves Rob. He's a very talented man, and you'll hear that in in the uh, in the episode. So, without further ado, coming up in a minute is Rob Orton. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Insane in the membrane. You're looking really well. Oh, you too. Thanks very much. It's nice when people say that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Just say that to people. Like, maybe you don't say it when you don't mean it, but I never have the 
confidence to kind of go, oh, you're looking well. Do you know um, what I mean? Yeah, I do, actually. I feel, I like to tell people they look good or, and I mean it as well. I'm like, oh, I love that shirt, man. Or I've been known to stop people and go, you smell nice. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it just, I don't know, not because I want any kind of, I just think, I just, I'm like, you smell really nice. And I think, I just mm. want to tell someone, you know? Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Just to be able to um, follow, follow your instincts of going, I want to be, you know, just not, even holding in positive things can be detrimental yeah. to your mental health, can't it? <laughs> of going, oh, do you know what? That person looked really nice and I didn't tell them, or they, I really enjoyed that night and I didn't say anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It's funny, isn't it? Because well, I think we worry about we worry about looking like a dick after time. You know what I mean? You kind of you just. Or I, I remember telling someone once that you look great, and he went, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, all right, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know what I was expecting from that one, but um, but I mean, a lot's happened since we last saw each other, Rob. Um. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna look on the Spotify. Um, well, actually, I saw you in Edinburgh in um, the caves. Like oh, on yeah. the evening, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, what, what? Yeah, I was gonna look on the Spotify dates. When was it? Was it like twenty nineteen? Yeah, I think it would have been. I think it was just before everything went to shit for a bit. I think it was just before that because you were you were off to you were leaving for Norway somewhere, yeah. Mm. yeah. And then yeah, and then the world just fell in on itself. So yeah. and now we're coming back out the other side. How are you how are you finding it coming back out into the world? Um, all right, I think. Well, not not really. I think um, I'm still trying to come to terms with what happened. I think it's, I watched that program the other night of um, This England. Have you watched it? No. I mean, <clears throat> it's pretty much all about the pandemic really. and But it focuses on Boris Johnson. Um, and it just absolutely broke me. It was, you know, it was just, just, um, it's by, Michael Winterbottom, you know, I think he did the trip. Yeah. And um, some of the stuff was, was just so, oh man, it was full, it, obviously, it was it was just so affecting. Um, but for me more personally, I think I've, I'm just kind of coming to terms with how kind of big it was. Yeah. <clears throat> I knew it was big, but it's that thing of like the further away you get from something, it's like looking back in your rearview mirror in it and going, flip it out, look at the size of that skyscraper. That was, and it's still there, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of, especially in Edinburgh or shows and things like that, like thinking, yes, yeah, people, are, I think people are different now. Mm, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I, I feel like um, it's going to take a while, definitely. I think so. Uh, people seem to be more, 
they seem to give a shit even less now. There is a lot more sort of pushing and shoving, not physically, but kind of mentally, to sort of people kind of like, I don't know, sort of pushing each other out of the way to get to stuff. It feels, you know what I mean? And it, 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 I mean, it was always a little bit like that, but it seems to be worse now. Just people, yeah. I just see people. So I, t- I took my took my missus to to work the other day, mm. and just just yeah, just there was a guy. He kept getting, he was just bobbing through the traffic in his car, and then this other cyclist was having a go at someone else. And I was looking at it, and it was like a painting of anger, just mm. dust. And I get it. There's pressure from all sides, and we still haven't we, we haven't recovered from what happened. No, I think people are less scared of cars than they were as well, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? You're seeing that in London, people just walking out in front of cars. Don't give a shit. When did that happen? It's just <laughs> like that thing. Oh, you know, when I grew up, when I was growing up, people didn't used to have the guts to walk out in front of a car. I mean, it's, maybe it's where I live in Hackney, but it's um, it that winds me up so much because I think it's fine. You know, zebra crossings, I, I, I. I really feel, you know, so assertive at a zebra crossing and mm. I'm, I loved like that license and the um, power a zebra crossing gives to someone. Yeah. But um, with, um, you know, when people are just walking out in front of cars willy-nilly and not really care, like saying, like, look, I'm just going to walk out. If you, if you hit me, that's it. You know, it's your fault. Um, but... Yeah, it's nine o'clock, isn't it? I've never done a podcast this early. <laughs> and we're getting stuck straight in as well. It's quite heavy for the first thing in the morning. I know. We haven't even had cereal. Just I have, actually. Have you? Oh, yeah. No, I had a banana. Yeah. Yeah. I was too busy faffing around with wires. What um, cereal do you normally have? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm Cheerios at the minute. Are you? Yeah, just plain and simple. Cheerios. How much is it for a box of Cheerios nowadays? Oh, I think I, they were like two forty nine. It's quite. Oh, a that's all right. Well, I was quite happy with that. Value yeah. for money as well, you see, because of everything at the minute. Well, my mate sent me a picture yesterday of um, a box of Wheat Bix bite size with chocolate bits in it. They were four pound five just for like oh, a regular God. box. What? You can't have a box of cereal that costs more than four quid, surely. But um, that was because I just got really wound up on Saturday um, in Lidl and I wanted to buy something and it didn't have a price on it. And I was just, I just got in my own head about it. I was like, look, if nobody goes up to one of the staff members and says, look, there's no price on this. Why, like, you know, every now and again, if you're just in a bit of a dark place, Something like that can really <laughs> get into you. Yeah. And I just thought, what's happened? What's happening? This is, it's like key information. Just, and then if no one says anything, then it continues to be crap. <laughs> and um, yeah, anyway, yeah, that long. All th- loads of things like that. I wanted, yeah. I was in, I was in it. I was, so I've moved to Brighton. So I was just having a wander around yesterday. Yeah, there's a then there's all these like vintage shops and antique shops, old furniture shops, yeah. and I was just in this thing and I was wandering around and I'm and there there's no prices on any of this stuff and it's all to be honest, it was all shit, but because it's old, they seem to think that oh yeah, this is going to be worth whatever it is, and I just and I got really annoyed going oh this means I've got to ask the guy 
How much is that? And then he's going to tell me some bullshit price. And then I'm going to get annoyed because that thing isn't worth that. And it'll just wind me up that, and then he'll think he's love joy. And you go, it's just a table. <laughs> it's just, I just want you to be less cunty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovejoy is such a brilliant name, isn't it? For like, uh, <laughs> and they were thinking of surnames. Lovejoy, Lovejoy, fantastic. No, I was in Brighton the other, um, well, when was it? Probably about six months ago now. <laughs> and um, the, the, um, you know, you get those those things on the sea, the um, kind of shops on the seafront. Yeah. And there was um, someone who was selling postcards and uh, they had like bits of metal, like shaped metal that has got a price on it, you know. Yeah. And it, But then there was this, um, there was a, there was a metal blue whale and its tail was a um, bottle opener. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to have that. And then it said, go and pay at the cafe over there. You know, it's kind of loose, isn't it? Brighton. I love Brighton. Some of yeah. my best gigs of my life have been in Brighton. Um, but it's it's a light, it's light, it's got a life to it, hasn't it? It's kind of, you can't, you've got to embrace it. Mm. Someone said it's like living in a festival. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's true. You're like, you're, like the other day, there was a guy <laughs> just playing his drums, just stood on the corner playing his drums. Whether people were listening or not, he was just playing his drums. And you're like, yeah. He didn't even have a hat out to collect money. He was just playing his drums. And he's just going, yeah, yeah. To have the, to, to go, I'm going to set my drums up in the park near the shops. Yeah. And just play. I think it. that, uh, I mean, I guess, right, that would be a good place to come back to from a festival because, you know, like I remember coming back from Glastonbury once and walking down Walthamstow Market and there was like there was music banging but no one was dancing and it's it that thing you know when you've just been dancing all weekend and then you yeah. get back and like why what why is no one dancing whereas I guess in Brighton at least they still kind of get the odd person still <laughs> going for it. <laughs> there's always someone going for it like when you walk along the beach and on the front there there's always someone somewhere there was a woman the other day. And she came, she came rollerblading down the ramp and she did this spin and then did this drop <coughs> and she was videoing the whole thing. She had a, a selfie stick and she was videoing the whole thing. And then she just finished it and she just went like that. And it was, it was a real like superhero, like the way she spun into the, into everybody and then just spun around and just went, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen the practice that she had to do to up to that point. Yeah, 15 years of hard work. <laughs> man and boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I'm trying to give up bread at the minute. You ever tried to give up bread, Rob? I've never tried to give up bread. I don't know if I could do it. I've just actually, I went through, I mean, I hadn't bought a loaf of bread for ages. And then I was in Lidl. Okay, it's getting a big. I live over the road from Lidl, and um, it's the closest to a supermarket I've ever lived. Yeah, right. It's, it's literally, you know, hundred yards away, and um, it's just yeah, scared of moving really because it's going to make it seem so such a big uh, event to go to the supermarket. And I don't want it to be. I just. But have I ever tried to give up bread? No. I went and bought a big loaf the other day. And I thought, this is what was um, screwing you over. 
but I haven't, I've never, I haven't been to the doctors to try to find out if I've got any intolerances or anything like that. Yeah. But does bread screw everyone? I just realised that every time I eat, I eat, and I love bread. I, I, I adore bread. Bread is the thing that I go to every time I'm hungry. I'm like toast, sandwich, bread. Yeah. And I realised I was like, I don't feel right. I wasn't feeling right. And I'm like, maybe I've ever done it. Maybe just some bread rather than all the bread. What's your favourite? Tiger loaf. Is it? Yeah. Love that. Tiger loaf from Asda. My God. It's amazing. Yeah. It's big, isn't it? Yeah, it's it big. To- value for money. Yeah. Crusty. Yeah. it's uh, You don't get many other animal type breads, do you really? <laughs> no. That's the only one. Do you think? I think there's probably someone listening thinking, no, there's this type of bread. But yeah, you've got to cut that up yourself, though, haven't you? Or is it coming? Slices, mate. Slices. You can, really? it can come fully formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the slice one, because if you have it, if you have it, un- that's the thing. If you have unsliced bread, you're the master of your own, your own destiny. So you could just cut it in half <laughs> if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, there's like those funny pictures, isn't there, of someone who's just cut a loaf of bread in half, it's like that, and then there's like some ham in the <laughs> middle of it. Well, you see people walking around with those bloomers cut in half, and they're eating it like they're eating a bag of crisps, just pulling it out. I saw someone the other day who had, um, you know, every now and again in a supermarket, you see someone and they're just buying stuff in bulk. Like, you go, yeah. whoa, okay, you're, you're, you're clearly buying this for either another shop or... You're going to sell it all. There's some sort of massive event. It was this guy, he had half his trolley was probably three quarters of his trolley was full of the orange kind of um, toasted bread. And then he just went and bought one cucumber as well. <laughs> I thought, flipping it. What's, what's, what's going to be happening there? <laughs> I mean, he's going to have to cut that so thin if he wants that cucumber to stretch to all of that bread. <laughs> mud isn't it funny I know it's been it's been well documented but when you stood in the queue and you're looking at other people's baskets you you can't help but wander off and think I wonder what their life's wonder what got them to that point where they're buying all that that kind of stuff Mm. like some people have a whole basket full of frozen stuff and then someone else when it's just it's just fizzy pop and sweets and biscuits and you're like what is it I think that's kind of I don't know. I used to do that all the time, but my, I don't know whether I'm less inquisitive. I don't think I am. I think, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, in supermarkets, in that, I'm just like getting to get out. I just can't. I think maybe that's something to do with the pandemic with like, it's it's more of like an operation. Now. Maybe I, I don't look at it as such a fun thing. I used to love going to the supermarket mm-hmm. and I still do, you know, but it's like, that goes to a bigger thing of going, can you still try to, because that's fun, isn't it? Looking in people's baskets and going, yeah. what's this, what are they having? What, who's this person, you know? And yeah, as you said, like Tom, Tom Waits, he's got a really good story. He's like, ah, I love that, that's simple, man. And he's talking about that. And, um, but I think that's it, isn't it? It's like getting, I want to try to stay, um, have that kind of wonder at, at things. And I've always been quite good at that, but just recently, I don't know, just like, ah, oh, come on, you've got to keep, it's like, it's fun. 
You've got to yeah. stay in, stay. You've got to put things in place that allow you to enjoy things like that. Because if you stop enjoying little things, then it can, they can, it can snowball and suddenly then you're just like, just like in a complete pit. Yeah. That's true, mate. It's just like, it's, yeah, like you say with the supermarket thing, because it became, it it was like, right, you're only allowed out for a certain amount of time. And where we were living in Leon C and Essex, we weren't near the, we weren't near the shop. It was, and it was up the hill as well. So, to go to the supermarket was you were going, I'm going to the supermarket whilst I'm up there, I'll pop in there and then I'll go and see that person. Like you, it was like a day out. Right. You had to have all your bags with you because once you'd gone out and you're up the hill, you didn't want to come back to get your bags. That was effort. That was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. So yeah. So that became, it became a, a chore to go and do that. Cause you're like, all right, I have to go and make sure I'm doing several things at once. And you're right. I think it takes more effort now to see the joy in stuff because there's so much pressure from everywhere. I'll stop looking at the news because it was making me feel, um, I was just, I felt useless. Mm. And I, I was, I'm like, I can't change all these things, all these wars happening, the famine and, and everything else is happening. I'm like I, I can't change it, but I was made to feel like it was, it was on me. It was on me. It was on us to do something about it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do about it. So I just stopped looking at it. And how's up, mate? How's up? How'd you feel? I feel better since, but I feel bad now for like, now I feel like, feel like I'm ignoring it. It's mm. like, but I still feel like I, there's nothing I can do. All I can do is take care of the people around me and be decent as I go through life or as decent as possible. Mm. That's all you can do really. Yeah, it's, I've got a really difficult, not ever, I say, oh, I remember I was speaking to someone recently about the war and things like that. and was like, oh, it really affects me. And she said, well, it affects everyone. I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'm not really, I don't know. It, it does get in my head though. And you're like, yeah. it, as it, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I have to, yeah, I have to, I, when, when a big event happens, I just, I'm just glued to, live news and watching it unfold mm. I remember with like the London riots I was just I just watched it for hours and hours and hours and hours and it's just um, I don't know it's just like the fragility of everything and uh, the how yeah going like seeing people in certain behaviours I don't know I just find it um, it's it's Human behaviour is very, very interesting, isn't it? It's just and what we do to each other, and yeah, I can't I can't think about it too much. So yeah, you've you've got you've got to look after yourself, and I think one of those things is probably like looking at the news first thing in the morning. It's not. I, I was listening to a thing the other day, and they were saying about um, you've got to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer. So you you set the you know you set your mood instead of um, being affected by everything else. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, and I tried to do that, you know, but it ain't always easy, is it? No, but I, I like you like you said. This is a great word, fragility, and I think that's what that was what was highlighted with the pandemic was the fragility of our existence. It's like in just a, in just a matter of moments, 
we're all locked in. We weren't sure what was going to happen. And you, and you kind of went, fuck, we could just be snuffed out just like that. And I think that, I think that's affected people on a level that they don't really understand. No, definitely. And as well, I think it's, um, who knows? I think we need a few years to kind of, oh, but maybe, you know, as people might be like, oh, fucking hell, come on. It's not, you know, let's go. We're, we're still, and, you know, I just went out bowling for my birthday and everything like that. It was great. Yeah. But it's, this, uh, every now and again it comes in and you're like, oh, yeah, Jesus, right. Okay. You need to kind of, look after that bit of my brain there because that was quite deeply affected by that, That you know. And you go, oh, all right, okay. And then you got to try and stand up and do comedy, you know, or whatever, yeah. which is, I feel like that is um, audience behaviour. I mean, audience behaviour is kind of, I don't know, maybe if you had a room full of 50 people who've been standing up on stage and they spoke about their... Um, experiences before before and after the pandemic or listen back to their 20, 2019 shows compared to their 2022 shows mm-hmm. I don't know I wonder maybe that was just yeah who knows there's a there's a definite shift in audience behaviour now that I've noticed it a few times when you're you go, you have to like say to them, it's like, are you all right? And like, yeah, I was like, but you're just chatting to each other. And you're like, yeah, but they're like, no, we're enjoying it. You go, yeah, but we can't do this whilst you're chatting. They can't get it. They can't understand what I'm like. Look, if you want to go and chat, then go and chat. But I can't, we can't do this show. The people around you can't watch this show. If you are chatting to each other and like, not just like whispering, like proper conversations. And you're like, what the fuck? I, I, yeah. Did you not have that before? Not so much. Now no. and again, but now it seems more, it's more, mind you saying that I went to see the, the, before the, the lockdowns and stuff. I saw them twice and both times. And I saw the divine comedy, all three gigs. They all had to stop the gig and go, can you not focus on this? Cause the chat was so, <laughs> vast everyone was changed i've never experienced that at a gig before a music gig especially yeah maybe it was happening before the before all that maybe just no, i don't know i think that people people it's like what you were saying before about um um people kind of looking at yeah like look we've i want to do exactly what i want to do mm. all not pretty much all the time yeah. really of going, look, if I'm going to go to a gig and I want to speak to my mate, I'm going to do it because, I don't know, this big things just happened and it's been really hard for me, actually, so I'm going to do what I want to do. Where it's like, so, you know, you might, I'm not sure if that's the best way to be, but people are just trying to flip in, get by, aren't they, really? Yeah. That's not a very good point, but it's true. Yeah, I think, people, like you say, people are, on a subconscious level, I don't think even people realise that they're still they're still uh, they're still sifting through the wreckage, figuring it all out, putting their lives back together. You know, and I think that's I think people need to talk about it a bit more. You know, really talk about how they feel. So I just don't know if gigs are the right place to start talking about it. 
Maybe they need to, I don't know, I don't know. But your show, the crowd show, mm. is about community, isn't it? It's about people. Um, it is pretty much, yeah. I just got back, well, yeah, I was doing it in Edinburgh. Mm. Um, and it is about people and people in audiences and crowd behaviour. I mean, in Edinburgh, it's like, it's just, I don't know what's happened really. I think certain examples of audience behaviour in Edinburgh, like there was this, there was a lady, and I said a bit, and she was just like looking up at the ceiling and then looking at her watch. And I said, are you all right? And then she kind of did that thing where you put your, hands together like that yeah. which was with making a heart symbol and I was like what and there was just more things like that that kind of I didn't know what to do I was I was just like I don't understand because you've been the behaviour that you've been expressing to me is just kind of like that you're not interested whereas now you're saying that you're really into it and it's kind of bad um so, but I love all that, and it's, mm. it was such a, it is a very fun just show for me to do, and I'm just, yeah, starting this tour now, and it's kind of, does certainly make me think about people, and um, it's, but that is, it's still, it's got to be a show, and people have paid for a ticket, so mm. you've got to go, Look, I'm trying to look at you as people and everything like that, and but then that, that's that dynamic of audience and performer is still very much there. Some people have paid for a ticket. I haven't paid for a ticket. I'm doing it. I owe it to them to deliver a show that hopefully makes them feel something. Yeah. And um, but I just want it to be like a big gathering of of people, you know, and of for the wheels to come off and for it to try to get as real as possible and for it to be a unique experience every time, even though um, every word in the show is written. Like I did a show in Margate the other night and um, I gave the script to Alex, the guy who runs it, the Tom Thumb Theatre. Him yeah, as so, so run it. Yeah, it's great though, isn't it? Yeah. And um he said, Oh I can't believe that it's all written like because um maybe on stage it seems like I'm kind of making it up. Yeah. And I do get that in reviews a fair bit, like if you want to go and see something that's slightly looser around the edges or a bit more um and I'm just like, I just think, are you taking a myth? Like, yeah. I've, every every single bit of this, I've figured it out. And I've, there's, I'm using the word that I want to use every single time. And um, certain things might happen in the shows, but I think that's what keeps me coming back to live comedy is the unique things that happen in the room. And if you, I think if you just go on your script every single time and, you don't do anything different. I'd get really bored. Yeah. And, but I mean, doing a polished performance and like you getting the words right every single time and the audience doing exactly what you want. Like they're laughing at this bit, they're quiet at this bit, do, 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 all the text right. And you know, every now and again, you have those shows and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll just do that. 
every time. But then it can't be like that because then the next day it's completely wild and they're not laughing at the bits that they're laughing at. Mm. The other day, and you're like, oh God. So it's just a complete, it never stops being trial and error ever. Never. When, yeah. And it's, my memory is so short with these things as well of going, oh God, well, that bit really worked. Oh, I said that today. And then you try to, to do the same, try to recreate that. Like trying to recreate moments just doesn't work no. in, a lot of the time, does it? I mean, every now and again, if it's strong enough, you can kind of go, oh yeah, I'll do that there. I'll pull that face there. Or like one day in Edinburgh, I just like, I did this bit and then tapped my head with the microphone of saying, yeah, I know someone on the ears thinking that I tapped my head with the microphone. And everyone really, really laughed. And it was a new type of laughter that I hadn't really heard in one of my shows before. And I thought, I'll do that tomorrow. No, just nothing, you know. Yeah. Because people aren't stupid. They can tell. It's so easy for people to tell when you're trying to make them laugh instead of just doing something that might have come naturally to you. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's that was a... It's so... We're so tapped in to... Um, mm of like humans that we, we know instantly what, what the crack is a lot of this, a lot of time. <laughs> but isn't it funny when, when it's, when someone's, when, when there's comedians that we know that it, it looks like they're just riffing and they're bouncing off the walls and they're going, and then you find out that that's all scripted and everyone sort of knows it's, that that's scripted. But then when someone does go off piste, like properly goes off piste, people go, oh, well, he just, he just riffs and you can't win. So it's like, right. So you can pretend, you can pretend that you're riffing and that's fine, but you can't actually riff and go off on one, like do a whole show. Like cause people go, we haven't got any material. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's not, no disrespect. There's a skill to both, but I think to just yeah, yeah. go with the room that you're in, and go with the information you have at that time and still pull a show out of the air and using bits of your material as kind of touchstones to bounce to bounce your way through. I think he's really clever, but for some reason our industry kind of looks at that like, nah, it should be more polished. It should be more this. It should be more that, you know, it's not about the raw, the rawness of it. And the fact that you've still made people laugh without, without it being polished. That I don't understand why some some critics have a problem with that. It's because mm. otherwise, if it's all polished all the time, you turn into Craig David, and no one wants that. No disrespect to Craig David. He's had a very successful career. Like he's one of those people when you go to Glastonbury, you're like, "Oh, Craig David's on." Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's yeah, amazing, really. But it's with the polishedness. I don't know. I think that. With my show, I tried to, I always tried to get it right. I did like a lot of work in progresses for this show. And um, I did one in Chelmsford and I didn't really know what to expect. And uh, it was, it was, I just loved it. It was so, it was kind of, I did it, I did enough work with the audience kind of at the start and enough random things happened for them to think that I was competent, you know, but mm. sometimes those never random, those random things don't happen and you're still, so those, those kind of explosions of things made them have faith in me. Whereas sometimes it, they, 
you don't get those like in those wins early on and then it's like well it's like whoa okay like i was doing a gig recently in canterbury and uh i just couldn't sometimes i just can't get my head around something from start to finish mm. you know you just go on and you go all right this feels weird but i'm sure that i've got enough decent material for um They'll, they'll they'll get on board. This this is kind of never not. Oh, okay. No, that did. Whoa. Oh, okay. And then you, and then you come off and you're like, flipping heck. Nah. It's just mental. Yeah, I had it last night. I was doing a gig, and I've only ever had this once before. Nottingham Glee, where I walked oh. out and I've gone, "How are we all doing? Are you are you well?" And got nothing. Like not even a murmur. Like you could hear the buzzing from the lights. That's how nothing I got. And I was like, that's really weird. Cause normally someone goes, Hey, or whatever. And last night was the same. I walked out and just went, how are we doing? Are we good? Good to see you. And it was only a little room. It was only like 30, 40 people in it. And it, and you go, and it got nothing, like nothing. There was no, no hooray. There was no nothing. And you go, oh fuck! And I start, I started to try and chat to the audience. Nothing. The material, nothing. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm the MC. If this is going to be nothing all night, this is going to be brutal. <laughs> I didn't. But isn't it funny when you expect, you expect, you've been doing it long enough, and you do certain things, and you go, that normally gets blah blah blah. Yeah. And then when it doesn't, or gets even less than it normally gets, like f- even less than nothing, you go, fuck yeah. me. Now what? <laughs> now what do you do? Yeah, it's unsettling, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if there's many other jobs like that, really. No. Where it's, you're just completely confused from start to, maybe, maybe, maybe everyone has that at work where you can go, oh no, it's, but that's, that's talking about, it's going back to crowds, isn't it? Of going, not everyone has to work with a group of people. Well, maybe they do. Oh, I don't know. It's early, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it is early, isn't it? <laughs> Were you out last night? Did you gig last night? No. I was watching that, I don't know why, the thing about Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, mate. I have had to, I, I've stopped watching it because it was getting in my head. And it, I think because there's a load of there's so much murder on the telly now. I'd watched the the um, John Wayne Gacy thing, right. and then I watched. I started watching Jeffrey Dahmer before. That was it. Yeah, so we started watching Jeffrey Dahmer. I stopped watching that because I had a nightmare where I was eating a foot. <laughs> I had a nightmare about it last night. Yeah, where my old art teacher, no, she was an English teacher called Miss Grant. Yeah, I remember her because for one of our. Um, Assignments or whatever. She made us review the trailer for Titanic. What's that about? <laughs> she's like, all right, maybe maybe she just she's just like bit, on the night before. I just thought, oh, what can the class do? So I just review that trailer. I've just seen for Titanic, whatever. But it was great. She was a really good teacher. Um, but I had a, I'll call it a nightmare because it wasn't a dream that. She'd got all these body parts. Yeah. And um, she was teaching us art. And she was like, okay, yeah, I've got all these body parts. She was like bringing them in in those um, like plastic crates, you know, that people use for um, 
dropping off uh, food deliveries. And um, she was saying, okay, yeah, we're going to make a person out of these one, different ones. Here. Let's just mix them all up and make different people. And then I said, hold on a minute. We I don't think you could just do this, can you, with um, body parts? <laughs> and uh, I said, this is murder. You, you, we can't. And then I think I woke up and I just was like, whoa. Yeah. This is, it's just, I mean, yeah, horrific. There's a, I think we are, I don't know why human beings are so obsessed with murder. And, and there's so much of it. So many documentaries now about different, and it is, it is interesting, but you go, wow, that, but that person not only killed that person, they destroyed the lives of the people around them that, that was, that were connected to that person that was killed. It does go back to, I don't know what, because that was the most popular program, what was the most viewed thing on the first week of Netflix. Like, love, the, a week's views was like the most anyone had ever watched or something. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's been, it's been watched a lot. And you just go, if, if that didn't exist and all the violence and everything like that didn't exist, would there be less violence? I think human beings are, we're, we're animals, aren't we, fundamentally? So I think there is that. There's always a violence in us somewhere. Just a lot of us, uh, we have that, we have the, we have the ability to control it and not, like that, like when you lose your temper in, in the, in the traffic or the supermarket or whatever, that's your, that's the, the there's a defense, I guess, isn't it? A hundred percent is, but, I don't know, man. I'll, I won't be watching that again. <laughs> I've had to so stop no, I wasn't gigging last night. I've got, I've, I'm going to, where am I going? Southampton tomorrow and then the Isle of Wight and then Bath. Last time I went to Bath, right? How do you say, you probably say, people from down south say Bath, right? Bath, Bath. yeah. And last time I went there, I said, hello, Bath. And they, they were quite vocal about it quite early on. Like, it's Bath. And I said, oh, I don't know if I can say that. Like, hello, <laughs> ba hello Bath. It just, I've just never said it. And they say, no, that's how you pronounce the name of our town. It's called Bath. It's not. Oh, so you have a bath. If you're from. It's not called Bath. But no one up north would call it Bath. And I just. Yeah, that was a funny audience. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it never kind of recovered, but it was good. I'm looking forward to going back there anyway. But maybe I will say Bath this time. And then I'm going to, uh, yeah, all over. But I'm looking forward to it. I love, I do love, I like traveling. I love going right. to different places and just trying to get a shot. Like when I, when I was saying about the start of Edinburgh, I always wanted, I did loads of work in progresses for this show. And then you just go, by the end of Edinburgh, that's the show that I want. And it takes you, what, 26 times yeah. to get it to where you want it. And you're like, oh, I wish I had this at the start. <laughs> um, yeah. And really, it'll probably yeah. be the same by the end of the tour as well. Yeah. But like, do you not find that it changes? Do you do it word for word or does it sort of evolve? It, uh, yeah, I've got the, like, the scripts, but um, if... I feel a compulsion to say something that I hadn't said before in within the thing. I'll try it. And then, um, 
sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know. I was thinking the other day about, um, I talk about some of my opinions in the show and they say, um, I've got some controversial opinions, like I think a palaver should have been a pudding and it missed its com. They missed its calling by being a prolonged and tedious for some discussion. And I wanted to say, oh, I think um, condiments should have been, I also think condiments should have been called compliments instead of condiments because they complement what they're with. And you could say, a waiter or whatever could say to you, do you want any compliments? And then you, and then I went off on that. I know it didn't get much of a reaction, but I liked the idea enough to want to try to write something about it, you know? Mm. And that, so I think that's one of the best things is trying something and it not really going anywhere, but thinking I'm free enough to be able to sit at my desk and try to write something about that and get some enjoyment from it. Mm. And that, that, that's the art for me of just thinking ah the freedom to just be able to write something and stand up and say it on stage is just that's it's like uh, it's just magnificent and I think that that can go on on, you know talking about people in audiences and a lot of them talking and things like that it's like the flip side of the um, when you're connecting with people and it it becoming that the uh, magic is so potent. You go, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this then. Oh. But that fear is always there as well of going, I've got to, no, and it, it kicks in pretty much straight after Edinburgh of going, okay, well, that was that. You're going to do it all. No, then what are you going to do? And it's like, the, there's not much kind of job security in it. So you've got to stay on top of it, haven't you? Oh, God, yeah. But that's the thing. It's those connections. It's those, those nights when you properly connect. Like so that's why we keep doing it because people say like, well, why? Why did, if you had a weird night, why do you keep doing it? You go because the weird nights aren't that frequent anymore. They come along mm. now and again, but most of the time, I've been doing it long enough that I know when I walk out, I can feel. If there's a hubbub before, when you walk, when you can hear it, you can hear the crowd check. Go, oh, that they're not they're they're in a nice mood. This is going to be all right. This, yeah. It's when it's quiet before. There's not a lot of movement. There's not much, you know, you go like, oof, all right. But I mean, but but nine times out of 10, I know that it's going to be a good night. If it's sticky to begin with, we'll work it out and it'll get better. Yeah. Very rarely does it sort of start shit. Well, yesterday, what I ended up doing in the interval, I ended up going in the, into the audience and just having a chat with everybody. Mm. And that broke the ice. Then it kind of, so this, by the second section, we were back in the game and it was really nice. But it took that connect, an actual personal kind of one-on-one connection to get everyone kind of plugged into the gig. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Imagine like if films could see their audiences, like in a cinema or a TV or like, yeah, the film would be like looking at two people having a row on a sofa and going, you're not watching me, what are you doing? <laughs> Jurassic Park getting the arse. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, but do you have any idea how much this costs? And you're sitting here arguing about beans. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? I think that, um, but I wouldn't change any of it. You know, some of the experiences in Edinburgh were just, some were great, some were hard, but that's all, that's what it's all about. That's about the days it's, it's We've got to, yeah, do just, I just got to keep doing my, 
best to um, stay on stay on top of it really and just never feel like I'm drowning in it because yeah. I, I love doing it and it's just uh, yeah <clears throat> like your your show about crowd you know, the crowd and people I think that was one of the things that was tricky for everybody in the pandemic was the the fact that it it also shone a lot on the fact that we do need each other and we need community we need yeah it's nice to go off on your own and you know do what you want to do and have some time but we need to have to be to be physically cut off and it wasn't it wasn't our us that did it you know, like you can't go near each other. Suddenly we were like, oh shit, we actually do need to communicate, which is why things like Zoom kicked in because we were like, we need each other. We need that that interaction. And in uh, Edinburgh as well, like doing a show about connection and community and feeling it in the room. And then nine times out of 10, five minutes after the gig, I'm kind of on my own, you know? Mm. That was a lot to... um get my head round because my show is at 10 to 3 and um, so go see shows things like that awesome. yeah but that is the that silence of it was like whoa yeah um, well I don't know maybe next time I'm just going to do a show called the Rob Orton show and I'll just write a show that it's about me really Edinburgh can be quite lonely even though you're up in a, you're in a, in a major city in another country but everyone, there's loads of people that you know there. Yeah. But it still can feel quite lonely. You have moments of, oof. Oh, exactly. And I'm always very cautious of um, being overbearing to people. Mm. And um, I don't want them to um, think, oh, God, he's a, bit, he's a bit keen or something. But if you can't, I know a lot of people at kind of arm's length within comedy. Um, like, you know, I have a chat every now and again, but they're not. So yeah, that was, it was, it was quite, yeah, it was quite tough actually. A lot of my mates <clears throat> who I'd built up a quite strong friendship with up in Edinburgh with over the course of the years were, weren't there this year due to like pandemic and things like that. And, um, but it was still the, the thing about it is, is like there for the show. And that is why when it was cooking, I was, it's, yeah, I just, and a couple of days just, you know, I was just like walking, it's the sun's out and that, you know, it was really nice weather this time, wasn't it? And like Lovely. finding a new cafe to sit outside and have a cup of tea on the morning and trying to recalibrate your brain and get ready. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But then, you know, I just had a big birthday. I was 24th of September. I was 40 years That's old. Birthday, and, that's that's so you know doing this podcast today all about mental health and things like that that's kind of that's the first birthday that I can big one where I I remember my mum and dad I remember my dad's 40th birthday yeah and they went to see Dances with Wolves at the um, cinema and um, 
Yeah, that's kind of mad. It's like you get. Oh, I like I feel like I'm 15 years older than a lot of people, and then you go. Would I want to go back? Probably not. You know, there's yeah. that thing about age, isn't it? You go, oh god, I'm this age, and then I just started thinking about all the stuff I've done. I'm like, yeah, I've kind of. What would I? What would I? What do I prefer, future or past? And it's like, well, I don't know. Bit of both, probably. What's that? The present? Oh, who knows? It's kind of just m- m- crazy. There's no way this thing about age of going, stay young, and I think I'm I'm quite young internally, and I feel like I'm just getting started. Really, yeah. maybe everyone feels like that. I don't know, but it's kind of especially in, especially in comedy and things like that. You don't I don't I don't want to be like a bitter person. No, I just want to kind of do my own thing and. Um, do the do the art and do the work, and I just love that. And like making, I feel lucky to have chanced upon what I'm doing at the moment. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just epic, really. Do you know what? It, what it's not. I feel more at ease with myself now than <laughs> I ever really did. And I'm fifty. I turned fifty in January. Right. And there is that when I was when I was coming up to it, you like. Because to me, and it probably isn't, but to me, 50 sounds old. It's the first day where I was, when I hit 40, I was a bit worried, but not as much. Because 40 was like, yeah, but you know, people in their 40s, they're still seen as, as sort of like, it's still got a bit about them. But 50 was the one, I'm like, oh shit, that sounds, that that five sounds old. Right. But now I've, it's like six months in or whatever we're in, like nine months in. And you're like, oh no, this is fine. I feel better than I ever did. I yeah. feel like you just said internally. I feel young internally. Every now and again, I'll see my reflection and go, "Fucking hell, you've you've weathered." But I feel great. I enjoy where I'm at at the minute. It's a nice feeling. That's what it, that's what it has to be, isn't it? Because did you feel like that when you were twenty two? I don't know. I don't. I just felt like. There's so much, um, <clears throat> the uncertainty was like new, just massive. And then I guess the more time you kind of get under your belt, the more solid the ground can kind of feel. Yeah. And I, I, <clears throat> you know, and, and you have more conversations, you feel like not as things, I don't know, there, there is experience does count with regard to kind of calming down, I think experience, like experiencing something and then doing it again, it's like, that's just like, oh yeah, no, don't worry about that. That's, that's going to be fine. You've done that before. And this, 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 this person said to, this to you this time, they didn't mean it, you know? And then you yeah. go, you're like, oh, <clears throat> it's just becoming more and more robust. And like, it's almost, I don't know, it's that thing of kind of, you know, you get, I feel like almost like one of those, pieces of glass on a beach that kind of becomes smoother yeah. as it has more stuff going over it and you're like it just kind of goes past you easier yeah. you get maybe no <laughs> there are there's one or two now and again you see them you see someone that somehow uh, has kind of 
they've aged well and they're still they're still dancing around and then but those people most people do you know what actually funny you mentioned this so my nan passed away a couple of months ago and she was an active person but then she had a, she had knee operations and they fucked it a bit so then she ended up having a chair that would like lift up push her out of the chair so never having to use her muscles to stand up so she had that and then she had a bed that would rise up and down. And, she did that. and because she had all these things, her muscles just wasted away. So she, she didn't use them. And then she ended up just, the rest of the end of her life, she was in bed. And she just, and that she just kind of wasted away. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to do that. So now I'm I'm going to the gym and I'm more active. And I think that's another reason why I'm kind of, I'm trying to cut down on bread and, and things like that. Because I don't, I want to be as active as I can for as long as I can. Mm. You know, not even I don't even want to lift buses off of kids. I just want to be able to move around a bit, you know. Yeah. Why? Like super quick. But why? Why? It's like I guess that's because you enjoy life, right? Or you enjoy yeah. a lot of things about it. Yeah. I like being able to move around and do stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, but I think that's the thing. You know, don't take that for granted because I think no. that's something that. Not everyone has that. Of, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I got a bit of my show where I'm like, you know, I'm pleased that I'm pleased that I was born. Yeah, just am. I'm pleased that I was born. I feel like I'm feel lucky to get to be a part of something. And then I say, you know, can't really say that type of thing down the pub with my mates. Like, you're right, Rob. Yeah, I'm pleased I was born. So what? <laughs> what are you on about? Uh, nothing. You know. But you do feel like saying it, of going, yeah, I quite like it here, actually. There is a lot of dickheads who are, like, killing people for no reason. But um, on the whole, I mean, it's just it's a good that, that, that feeling of going out, basically being like a piece of dust with a heartbeat, pretty much, the size of us. It's just absolutely nothing. And you go, oh, yeah. And then you get a council tax bill or whatever, and you're going, oh God, you know, and that, that the walls just kind of closing in, and you're going, no, it can't be like that. We've got to get stuck in while we've still got the chance. And that that is basically what all my shows have been about. Yeah. I've just just um, you know, like anxiety not being the capital of you and things like that, and just going, look, don't you've got to it's hard, but you've just got to try your best to do things that, to put you in a place that allow you to move around and like stop eating bread. If it's making you feeling really sluggish, like the other day since Edinburgh and turning 40, I've been in really, I've been really struggling basically, like just um, not feeling motivated at all because I work so hard mm. and then like doing something and like, in Edinburgh, I was waking up at 5am every day. My guts were all over the place. And then I had to do it. Like, even though it's like sleeping and digestion is so important. Absolutely, for, uh, yeah. To do a show. And um, and then you do it and then I'd have like, I don't know, even if you're having like one pint a day or something, which I probably wasn't, mm. but I was doing it enough and... I was, I never really got drunk, but I don't know. There was a, and then I came out of Edinburgh and 
to show that I was doing felt so, I don't know, it felt real. But then you come out of it, you're like, no, you know, oh, that's finished. And then being in that room, I was in this room called the Blue Room. It's, got, it's like bit on the assembly thing behind the Gordon Aitman Theatre. It was like a rake. And it was the biggest room I've done. And it was such a, such a challenge for me to try to get this energy to affect people in a way that I wanted to do it and yeah. um, to do it in a, a place that's got quite, quite a high ceiling. And then you get, get back to London, you go, whoa, God, that was intense. And then I knew that adrenaline was going to drop me like an absolute stone. Yeah. And it just does every time. And you go, okay. And then I did some exercise for the first time, um, not ever, but since before Edinburgh. And... Um, Instantly, I was just, I felt that I was making my body work. That, and it, something just clicked of going, just keep trying, you know. There's something about using your body that makes you just, I don't know, it's so simple. Makes you feel something that you wouldn't have felt if you didn't do it. Yeah. Like, I just uh, feel that so strongly and it's so obvious, but like exercise, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's just, uh, I've got to do it. But then that feeling of, oh, I can't be arsed. I just can't be arsed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's uh, even, even like, like I said, when I, where I used to work, where I used to live, and going to the shops was like you were going to the shops because it was up and the hill, it wasn't just a hill. It was a really steep hill. It was effort. And so you'd go, it's the, the amount of days I'd go, I, oh, fuck, I've just, got to, I've just got to go and do it. I have to go and do it. And then you go, oh, maybe I'll drive up. Go, no, don't, don't start that. It's not, it's a one minute drive. Don't do that. That's absurd. But two, you've had a whole month of just, putting your body and your mind through through it's not an ordeal but it's something it's full on for a yeah. month not just physically emotionally as well every day for an entire month so you're gonna you're bound to come back from that and go fuck that so it's so intense physically mm. mentally definitely mentally oh yeah because you, you're you know, you're, you're, no matter what level you're on, everyone else is, it looks like everyone else is having a better time than you or whatever. There's all these things at play, you know, and it, and it, you're bound to come back and go, fuck, you know, I need a minute. So you're going to oh, come absolutely. back and you're going to feel flat, of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's, but it's, it's that thing of like, um, the brain's inability to remember pain or whatever someone was saying like that's why women give birth twice or, or birth again because it's something about us that makes us forget pain and I'm not saying that Edinburgh is the same amount of pain as having a baby but it's um, there's something about it it's just uh, yeah it's very real and so it's such an onslaught of people saying things and you're hearing things and seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, all this stuff, it's like for a, for a month and then you go, whoa, all right, yeah, now I'm just back and you go, right, yeah. 
but it's still my my missus said this said a really interesting thing we were staying at her friend's house down in leith and even she said she said even though we're not in the festival we're right we're right down here it's i can still feel it i can still feel the energy of the festival and you never leave that for a month the the buzz is just always there in the, 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 the in the background just the festival is humming away behind you and that again if you were in your flat in london and someone was drilling but not like directly next door but just like just enough that you could hear it that would be the same thing as being in edinburgh and that would drive you mad in the end you'd go i just can't i just need i just need to not have that for a bit and that's mm. Edinburgh is constant, even when you're not in it, even when you've gone back to your flat or wherever you're staying, there's still that energy there of the festival. No, absolutely. I went to um mate's house on Saturday and there's a few of us sitting around the table outside and they bought this sushi train. It's like a toy train that's got tracks, but it's like a Japanese train and it's got, um, you know, some trailers and on the trailers are small plastic plates and it goes round. You put like bits of sushi on it. <laughs> and um, anyway, someone started it going and it had this noise. Um, like, and it kept, kept and we kind of forgot about it. And then we were talking for about an hour and then I just pressed the little button on the front of the train that stopped it. And everyone just kind of went, oh, oh God, yeah, that was really, that was really, uh, and I thought, flipping heck, I wish I could do things, just press buttons and gigs like that and make people feel like the, so that was the relief thing. I yeah. just pressed the button and it was like, douche, there you go. People, everyone felt the same emotion and they're like, but you know, you can do that. I think that's, that's one of the magic things about gigs is like, you can't, get the, you know, when you push a button on an audience and they all react in the same way, it's like, oh, yeah, maybe this is immense. <laughs> but what I like about you is, and I, the last time I spoke to you on here, is you do have, there is a wonder that you have for the world. You do have a way of looking at things that, just the smallest things, and you go, God, look at that, that exists. And it is a really beautiful thing that you have, and I think you still have it. I think maybe, like we say, it's early today. It's a bit early to be doing this. You've got... I hope this hasn't been a waste of time for you. No, not at all. I love it, mate. I love it. I love it. You've right, got, that's good. We have to wrap it up. You've got another interview at 10. So, okay. Rob, this has been amazing. When does the tour start? The tour starts um, tomorrow. What's the date? I've, I mean, I've done two. I did Aberystwyth and Margate, so it started, but I'm going to be all over the place. My dates are on roborton.co.uk. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to come, I'd love to see you. Yeah. I think you're brilliant, Rob, and, and enjoy the tour, mate. And thank you for spending time with us this morning. Oh, thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, pleasure. Great to speak to you, man. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.